Hello, welcome back to episode four of Control Alt Delete, the podcast with the same name as my book, which comes out in July with Ebrey at Penguin Random House. So, um, really excited about this episode. The guest today is amazing and she is only 14 years old, which blows my mind. She is so wise, so interesting, and I think you're going to really love this episode. So yes, today's guest is Rowan Blanchard. So Rowan is an American actress. She's best known for her role in Girl Meets World. She plays the character Riley Matthews, which for those 90s kids, if you remember Boy Meets World, she plays the daughter of Corey and Topanga from Boy Meets World. So there's a little bit of a throwback for you. So it's an amazing TV series on the Disney Channel and Rowan is brilliant in it. I also love that Rowan writes great articles. Um, One of my favourites is one she wrote for Rookie magazine called Sorry Not Sorry. You should definitely check it out if you can. It's a brilliant read. She is also a really outspoken activist, um, which is really admirable. She touches on feminism and human rights on a lot of her social media channels. And uh, she's just someone I think is doing amazingly and is really inspiring, especially for someone so young. So I hope you really enjoy this episode. Um, Here it is. Thank you so much. No, of course. Thank you. And it's a weekend, so thank you, double thank you. Oh, of course! <laughs> so how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm pretty good. It's a nice Saturday, I barely have anything, so that's nice. Good. Yeah, yeah, me too. Are you in Are you in London? Yes, yes, in London. Ah, oh, my favourite um, place. Really, do you like it here? I love London. I've been twice, and it's just like, oh, it's so special there, I feel like. Yeah, I do sometimes feel like a tourist, like, again, sometimes where I'm just walking yeah. around and I, like, see it through a different perspective. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, where whereabouts are you? I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in, the, I'm in, like, the Valley area. But, yeah, I like it here. It's just not my place. Like, whenever I go to New York or whenever I go to London, it's like, oh, like, that's home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you mean. I, um, I've never been to L.A., but um, it's on my list. I think, I, I think I'm going to like it. I think I'm going to like the sun. Yeah, no, that's what everybody says when they come from, like, London, and they're like, oh, we're gonna love the sun, and then everybody I know who comes here for the first time just loves it, mm. but I guess it's just because I've been, like, raised here all my life, but I'm yes. just am cynical about it. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't see it in the same way, I guess. That's, that's right. So, um, I thought I'd just, yeah, um, kick off with my first question. Yeah, so I, I forget that you're so young. Um, I always have to remind myself that you are 14. Like, I cannot believe <laughs> that you are 14. You you have the wisdom of, like, an old lady. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> um, and I was just wondering, like, how... Like, what, when did you first get kind of on social media? I'm, I'm intrigued. Well, um, when I had done Spy Kids, which was a movie I had done with Robert Rodriguez, like, I want to say four or five years ago, mm-hmm. we had set up, like, social media accounts, but I didn't run them because I was really little and I had no idea, like, what the heck everybody was talking about. Um, but I guess maybe when I was, like, 12, 12 and a half, I started, like, running my own accounts and it was nice and I felt, like, a connection to, I guess... The fact that there, you can meet so many more people on the internet yeah. um, and hear so many more experiences rather than, like, if you're like me and you're homeschooled and you go to set five days a week and you see the same people. Like, it's nice to have the internet where there's, like, a ton of more people. Yes. Um, on, and you can, like, yeah. pick and choose as well, like, kind of who you 
think you'll get on really well with instantly from right. seeing what they talk about. Well, exactly. And like, I don't think I would be half as aware as I am of things that go on in the world if we didn't have the internet. Cause like I'm exposed to so many more experiences and so many different people with so many different backgrounds. And like, that's, yeah, that's cool to have the internet as like, I, I guess I kind of consider the internet as like my homeroom course. Mm. Um, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Do you, um do you find, um, cause obviously, you know, you have, a, you have a lot of followers in comparison to maybe some people who are the same age as you um, and they might be putting up whatever they want and there's like not so much I mean do you feel pressured or do you feel like you you just say whatever you would say even if you had like two followers I mean I do I do feel pressured and I don't feel pressured like I feel like there's points where I'm on the internet and I have to like log off and separate myself from the internet because it does get to be too much when like when I'm exposed to so many people's opinions of me that maybe I don't necessarily care about, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but like, that's a downside to the internet, but I also feel like it's really important in my life and like a valid part of who I am. But at the same time, it, there is like only so much I can, I can do on the internet rather Mm -hmm. than like do in real life. But, um, I don't, I don't feel like I filter myself though on the internet. Like I feel like the internet is an accurate version of myself. Like I don't feel like I'm I'm sheltering because I'm in the like I'm famous or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So what what sort of things do you do to switch off, or, or are you just good at sort of putting your phone to one side, or do you have to sort of actually make yourself go and do something else? I have to make myself go and do something else because if I if I do like put off my phone to the side, like I'm still subconsciously whatever I'm doing, like, I'm still thinking about it. Like, I'm still thinking about some person's, like, opinion of me. Um, But I do have to force myself to do something else. Like, I just had a hiatus. Uh, We had finished season two of Girl Meets World, and I decided to take, like, three months off and just kind of do nothing because I hadn't really had that connect for maybe, like, 16 months of, like, just being by myself at home. And I feel like I really started to develop, like, when I was at home by myself, like other things that I love to do other than like be on my phone, you know what I'm saying? And like be on social media. Like I found websites that I really like reading and books that I really like reading. And I realized that I actually love to color and stuff like that. Like things that don't, that I wouldn't really have realized if I was on my phone. Yeah. So nice. It's nice to have a contrast of, um, exactly. Lots, lots of different things. Do you think yeah. that a lot of your followers like understand um, cause I, what I'm really interested in at the moment is like how our ro- role models are changing. Right. Um, and how back, back in the day, um, you know, you'd see a celebrity in a magazine and just be like, oh, they're so perfect. Um, and now I feel like our ro- role models are, I mean, still really inspirational, but we see that they're not a hundred percent perfect. Right. Do you, yeah. do you feel like, cause that's less pressure for you. Like you can just be yourself and, and that's what people love. Exactly. I mean, I do definitely, like, I am just as much a fan as I am, like, an actress. Like, I go home and I watch these movies and I worship, like, these people. Um, But I guess it is nice to feel like I'm not as, like, alienated by them. Mm -hmm. Because now it's, like, easier, I guess, to access your idols. And, like, especially if they have social media accounts, I feel like. Like, there's some celebrities who won't do social media accounts point blank. But it's comforting to see that, like, if they do just the things that they post and like 
I was stalking like Brie Larson's Instagram the other night and it was kind of comforting to know that this person is like a person you know what I'm saying oh my god a hundred percent because there was one interview years ago when Lady Gaga was on a TV show and Mm -hmm. she basically said um that she sits at home and watches Grace um oh my god what's that uh TV show Will and Grace and um and she just she was like I just eat like chunky soup and sit in my pajamas and it, and sa- so it sounds so simple and obvious that of course celebrities like have down days um, right but it was just hearing her say that I was like oh I see exactly well and I didn't really fully grasp that until I started to like find myself in like in conversations like publicly you know what I'm saying like I didn't really realize that celebrities were I guess just as much people as I am like and I, this kind of goes back to this whole trend on the internet. Like, you know, the whole problematic thing, like mm. everybody's problematic. And I was thinking about that the other night and I was, it, I was kind of getting annoyed because I was like, well, everybody's problematic because like, even these people, these like celebrities, like we can't expect them to be perfect. Yeah. Um, so everybody's problematic and there's kind of a comfort in that than knowing that everybody can make mistakes. But yeah. Cause I feel there's such a pressure, especially on Twitter to, um, get things right all the time exactly I I remember like I I never cared before um I was like I'm just gonna say my opinion and now sometimes I feel like I have to spend like 15 minutes checking my tweet which is a good thing because I don't I I don't ever want to offend anyone but then on the flip side it's because it's so like aggressive um aggressively looking for perfection with opinions that it can really like limit you well, exactly. And it's like, oftentimes when people make mistakes on social media, it's literally because they don't know what they're saying. It's like not yeah. intentionally yeah. trying to make anybody feel bad. But yeah, it's a massive accident. And then you're like, exactly. oh, God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Right. And then people are calling you like horrible names. But um, it was like Carrie Washington. Somebody she tweeted something using the phrase spirit animal. And somebody tweeted Carrie and was like, Carrie, like, as somebody who speaks out against cultural appropriation, like you're appropriating Native American culture right now. And she was like, oh, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. I will take down that tweet. Like th- she genuinely had no idea. And like people attacked her for it. Yeah, but I didn't even know that. But... Yeah. But like you, I, I just read that and somebody mentioned it in an interview or something. And yeah, I was just like, you see, that's a great way to handle it. Cause she literally didn't know what she was talking about. And she just, she corrected herself politely and never meant to hurt anyone, but, like, people are so quick to think that everybody's trying to hurt people when often it's, like, somebody just doesn't totally know what they're saying. Yes, 100%. I've done yeah. that. I've actually done that before when, because um, I think the natural reaction is to be, like, um, you you want to defend yourself. But actually, um, when you start realizing what's going on, um, it's just better to just shut it down completely and be like, I'm so sorry. Exactly. Um, she she just handled it so well. I was like, good for you. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems that you're very confident with your um w- with what you think. Is there been anything recently where you've s- said something and then like a few months or years later you've been like, oh, actually, I've changed my mind? On social media or in like real life? Um, social media, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I I do think that there's been things that. I don't know if I've said anything specifically on social media that I disagree with now, but there were definitely beliefs that I had like a few years ago that I would not even associate myself with now. And it's often just because I wasn't 
well, first of all, I wasn't handling my own social media at that time. So I really wasn't exposed to anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really was, I was homeschooled and I go to set five days a week and I see the same people. So you're not like, you're not exposed to that much. Um, and I feel like social media, especially for people who are homeschooled, like it's helped a lot because you're exposed to so much more rather than just like being in one private corner. But I'm not sure if there's anything I've said specifically on social media that I was just like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I feel like anyone, if they looked through their tweets like a year ago, would be like, hmm, don't know. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, I just wish it was okay to change your mind a bit more. Um, That's the only thing that I struggle with. It's like, um, you know, if you write something, you believe it at the time. I feel like that's the same with blogging. Like, it's just an idea that you have on one evening. It's not like... (laughs) Um, yeah, you I might totally not get what think, you're saying. You might not think it years down the line. Um, yeah. Do you feel like in general you've got a pretty normal life? I do think so. I mean, honestly, and I've always said this because it, it just does feel true to me. It's like everybody has their hobbies and like just my hobby is acting. And I before yeah. I was acting professionally, like getting paid to do it, I guess, I, I just was acting in my bedroom and like acting for my parents. It was the transition of like going to... like a professional set and stuff like that like it didn't it just felt so normal because I'd always been doing it it was you know it didn't Mm -hmm. feel like I was changing myself or like having an unnormal life and like when I look at my life like there are obviously aspects of it that aren't normal Mm -hmm. and that make it more challenging I guess but like there's often there's also tons of parts where I, I literally just like I go home and I I read these books and I watch movies like I just watched Palo Alto and like I that's what I do I just yeah, read you know what I'm saying like <laughs> yeah, definitely you're like geeking out on your thing that you love exactly like I have yeah it's I'm de- I would definitely say that it's I don't feel like my life is like so bizarre because it's you know what I'm saying and it's also because it's the only life I've been accustomed to yeah it's like the only thing I know mm-hmm. yeah that's it that's the interesting thing because you are so young um, it's right. not like this has happened to you like in your 20s it's kind of no yeah it's I mean it's it's something I've been acting since I was five and there I mean obviously it's weird to go from like acting in your bedroom to like acting on tv and that's really strange but other than that it just feels like the same like I do the same things I like I still the, the reason why I got into acting was just because I love watching people act it's it's fascinating to me to like watch mm. somebody literally be another person yeah and I mean that's I'm really lucky that I get to like do what I love and also get paid to do what I love because that's a huge privilege um but yeah it's amazing and who um who do you kind of look to as your like career role model I say like even if it's kind of totally removed from what you what you're doing is there anyone you look up to I I mean there's tons of people I look up to but right now I've been really into Kendrick Lamar and Kanye West as far as like people to aspire to have careers like been really studying their work recently and it's just so innovative and and unapologetic and so themselves and like especially growing up and like growing up a teenage girl and like having like like Kendrick Lamar has this song called I where he literally just repeats I love myself I love myself like so many times in a row and then Kanye West like people call him you know this egomaniac but really it's just like he's so confident himself and I feel like we can all kind of take from that and like take from us like aspire to be like that and so it's, it's nice to have these songs like that maybe I wouldn't have if I was born 20 years ago like these these songs and this messaging in in pop culture that's like less I guess, um, 
hateful about yourself and like to have these major people in media like literally just really worshiping themselves like in their work which is really I guess great to to have and I I love being able to access that I mean same with Beyonce and Nicki Minaj and all these people like that I think really are so confident in themselves but but aren't, aren't aren't afraid to be vulnerable because I think all four of those people are all vulnerable in their work. I mean, especially like Kanye and especially Kendrick, because there is something vulnerable in being like, I love myself. Like I'm so confident in myself. You know what I'm saying? Like there's something really vulnerable in that. It's so true. It's like, it's, it's not overbearing, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's really, really pure. Cause I I think a lot of, um, a lot of my friends and a lot of people that I look up to, I guess they, it's hard. I don't know if it's like a, I don't know if it's kind of, maybe more of more women but they find it really hard to self-promote themselves yeah Um, yeah do you how do you find that because I'm learning to be better at it um but I get worried I'm getting there it's yeah I totally understand what you're saying it is I guess you do have to apologize for like promoting your own work which is really strange um yeah when you're a girl that's definitely true I mean I do find myself like being overly careful on social media if I if I feel like I'm posting too much about myself or posting too much posting too many pictures of myself and I said that to myself the other day I was like Rowan I don't think you should post this picture of yourself because you've already posted like three photos of yourself in a row and I was thinking I was like okay but it's my page yeah and and people are follow people want to see that <laughs> and it's like it's my page and like I don't know. And I was going on like a bunch of guy like models Instagram and literally just just pictures of themselves. And it's like when I do it or when a bunch of other girls do it, like you get comments about how you're like a fake self-obsessed person. And it's really weird. I know. I feel like that because actually we should be celebrating. Like if someone's put up like 20 selfies, for example, that's Mm -hmm. a good thing. That's like we should be worried about the people who don't want to. Exactly. Um, you know, it's obviously a choice for everyone, but um, I, I mm-hmm. feel like it's not an issue if if someone really likes themselves. <laughs> like that's oh, not God, no. that's not what we should be focusing on. No, um, seriously, there's bigger problems in the world. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, it's a really it's a really interesting topic. Like I I I like to shout about what I'm doing, but then there's also a niggle at the back of my mind that's like, is this like a bad trait to have? Oh yeah. Well, it's difficult. I think something that I really struggle with is that I literally can't take compliments. Like it, it makes me so uncomfortable. Like that's part of the reason why I kind of had to stop like reading my mentions and stuff on Twitter because it makes me uncomfortable. Like it's obviously so kind what people are saying and like, I'm so thankful for it, but it's just hard for me internally to like, be like, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, like I can't, I can't do it without somehow being like self-deprecating. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Do you find it more difficult someone commenting like on a photo or because you know your rookie magazine piece that went everywhere and it was like everyone was like this is incredible this piece of writing the bit about saying Mm. you say sorry too much um yeah did you find it easier to take compliments on your writing uh I do think I, I I'm able to it's interesting I'm able to take comments about my writing on the internet but if somebody says something in person I just like I'm like oh thank you so you know what I'm saying Mm. like I I, for some reason like the the disconnect from like somebody saying that online and somebody saying that in person even when like like my my parents say stuff like I'm just kind of like yeah thank you like can we change the subject now (laughs) but on social media I guess I mean 
especially when it comes to my writing, like it's easier for me to take compliments, but it's, it's harder for me to promote that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I suppose it's nice to, um, you can, you can sort of digest it in a different way when you just see it online, can't you? You can kind of like, you know, say thank you and then be embarrassed on your own. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And well, there's literally less characters to like self deprecate. So (laughs) It's so true. But yeah, I, I've been reading, um, a lot of your stuff, but also recently, um, I thought it was amazing how you spoke out about uh, that catcalling episode. Oh, thank you. Yeah, did you? Um, well, that that was an interview, wasn't it? That you. Yeah, it was, was an interview. In- yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you kind of want to say that at the time? Like, have you waited, or was it just you felt more comfortable sort of bringing it up now as like an important thing to talk about? Um, you know, I've I've always touched on it. I think when I'm in conversations with people, just never publicly, because it's not something that that's not something that I'm like, I guess, uncomfortable talking about. I really would have been uncomfortable talking about if it was something that happened. Like, if if I had to talk about it six months ago, I wouldn't be able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But like now, it's something where, like I said, like my eyes have been opened more, and like more and more people go through this and. I guess if I can use my own experiences to help somebody who's unable to have an interview and say about their experiences, like, I feel like I'm doing my, like, I'm doing my part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I know what you mean. if, like, if I can help somebody, like, with my experience, even if it is, like, something that is not happy, if I can still help somebody with that. Yeah, it's interesting, um, kind of, with these things, being able to come out with it when you're ready um because mm-hmm. what's really great is you are helping people and at the same time you're not hurting yourself by saying it when you're not ready to say it so it's um it's a great thing when um yeah. when, when you feel like you can obviously it's not great that that happened to you god I mean it's yeah. one of those things that I bet every single person reading that has had a similar story well I was texting I don't know if you read like the exact quote I said something where I was I like I was 12 and I was with my 15 year old friend and um one of my best friends, she texted me and she was telling me, she was like, thank you so much for what you said in interview tonight. I was in my car and these two guys were, she just started driving and she was saying that like, she's been catcalled all her life, but it's been heightened now that she drives. Um, and she was saying that there were these two guys, like just saying, you know, disgusting, horrible sexual things to her. And she, I texted her and I was like, Olivia, I was talking about you in the interview. You were the 15 year old girl. And I was just like, I know. And my heart just melted because she didn't even realize that it was her, like that I was talking about. There were so many things after that that happened that were just so terrifying. Like I was at Barnes and Noble during Christmas time, like two years ago or something like that. And um, with that friend, Olivia, who I was talking about, and we were sitting in, um, in an aisle, like looking at Christmas cards or something. And these two guys came around with clipboards and um we saw them kept like looking and we were going to move but like we were just like reading christmas cards we didn't think too much of it and they came back around and they were like hi um it's our senior pledge to hook up with two underage girls (gasps) and i just remember sitting there and literally just feeling myself like like sink um Mm -hmm. and then the next day i went into work and i i told somebody that that had happened and I was wearing the same sweatshirt that I had worn the night before. And um, the the person I was telling it to, and this was like the worst answer I ever could have received. She was like, oh, but 
I mean, look at your sweatshirt, Rowan. Like, it's a little low right now. If you were wearing that last night, I mean, I'm not going to blame them. I was like, mm. oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> like, awesome. I was just looking for some closure. Like, I was looking for somebody to be like, wow, these people suck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, And you don't always get the answer that you want to hear, which sucks. Yeah, that, oh, God, I can relate to yeah. that as well. It's, it's, yeah. it's the whole, well, what were you wearing? Hang on a yeah, minute. Exactly. That's not the first question we should ask. Well, exactly. And it's like, I had always read about people in rape cases like ask like the first question being like what were you wearing but it's really different when it happens to you and when somebody harasses you like that and then literally somebody is like well if you were wearing that sweatshirt like you know what I'm saying mm, there was something that went viral on Facebook recently it was a girl she was wearing like a big jumper like a massive scarf mm-hmm. um jeans boots like no makeup and she was like I got catcalled like three times today um yep. so you can't possibly say that it's, it's what I was wearing. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's really, yeah, you're, you're speaking out about such great things. But I just, I honestly think you're so great. Sorry, you're, you're probably like, stop it. I can't take No, no, no. This is sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, I was going to say as well, um, what, on the flip side, what makes mm-hmm. you feel empowered? Ooh, I like that. Um, what makes me feel empowered? If I'm going with like my number one thing, I have a, I have playlists, like I love creating playlists and I have a few playlists that I just play when I feel like I need like a kick, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like somebody like just like talking my ear and like, I guess it's just music, like Beyonce, like her song Flawless and like, like I was saying, like Nicki Minaj and artists who are so, who are so loud with and clear with what they want to say and they're not afraid to hide it. And I feel like that's something that I was really inspired by, by Kanye West and Kendrick and Beyonce and Nicki Minaj is that oftentimes I feel like when we talk about ourselves and talk about actually loving ourselves, we have to put it in some kind of metaphor and it's really nice. And it's really nice just to have these four artists just literally saying the words like, I love myself. Like I don't need to put it in some weird metaphor with, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so direct. Yeah, it's just, like, you don't have to try and hide it. Like, there's no, you don't have to closet it. And I, yeah, that was, that's definitely something that empowers me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's amazing what music can do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To just put you in the zone. Um, so, yeah, how did you get to the point where you could enjoy your own company? Because I also read that um, you love being, like, you're you're happy with being by yourself. And I love that. Yeah. I, I do as well. <laughs> um, have you always been like that? Because I think. It, it it helps a lot of people to like discover that that's okay to just yeah be on your own for a bit. Well, I had always um, associated if you liked being by yourself, that was your way of um, saying that you were lonely, um, which I realized is obviously not true, or not true in all cases. Like I love being by myself, but I don't consider myself lonely all the time. Like when I'm by myself, um, but I, it definitely took me a while to realize that. I don't. I I'm not sure if that's something that I always. I, I didn't always grasp that you could be by yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I I remember if I, if I was by myself, I had to be, you know, like in the presence of another friend, but just not talk. You know what I'm saying? Like when you have friends over and you're not talking, but you are just like doing your own thing mm. together. Yeah. Like I always had to do that. I was so scared of like, if I was by myself, like what would I start thinking about? Would I start thinking about all these like depressing things and stuff like that? Um, And I think now I realize that, like, I can totally be by myself and there's so many things I can do that I, that I enjoy doing. Like I, like I was saying, like, I enjoy coloring, like I love making collages, just like a bunch of things that feel like free therapy, like literally feel like my outlet. Yeah. Um, 
for like getting you know just back in like a clearer mindset but i don't think that that's something that comes that that, that is easy like because as as much as i do love being by myself like a weekend ago I was by myself all weekend. None of my friends had, like, texted me to, like, hang out or anything like that, which, like, hurt my feelings a little bit. And um, I was just literally (laughs) all by myself, like, crying all weekend. And that's, like, different than, like, but I was still by myself, you know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. there's, there's up and down moments where I'm, like, okay being by myself and totally fine and, like, totally fulfilled and there's so much I can do. And then there are moments where, like, I feel like I get lonely while also being alone you know what I'm saying it's like it's almost like you want to choose you kind of want to choose when to like have alone time right Um, right right but because you're um an actress do you I mean do you do you watch a lot of um other like tv shows that kind of inspire you or do you not because I don't know like if people watch a lot of tv anymore it's more like you watch like short clips online and tv yeah I don't I don't watch a lot of TV, honestly. I've never, I've, I've never watched a lot of TV. Um, I've always, I've always watched film, but I just started Twin Peaks on, um, on iTunes, so I'm buying the episodes. But yeah, I don't like w- regularly watch television. Like, come in and like watch television. I mainly just like watch movies and a bunch of movies. But, but yeah, I think especially in acting, I. I really have learned so much about acting from watching the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it's cause like now I love watching film for fun. Um, for so many reasons, firstly, because I love being trapped in another world because yeah. if I, if I don't get to play it, at least I can watch it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I and feel like, like going to the feel- cinema is like one of the only times you can actually escape for real at the moment. Like, I mean, honestly, that's the cinema and, and like, having movies like that feels like tangible magic to me like being able to like immerse myself in another world and that's what I think is so cool about and like why movies like the Hunger Games and Divergent like why they make so much money is because we all know that we could never access that type of life and Harry Potter like we could never access that here and Mm -hmm. so we go to the movies and like we kind of live out all of our dreams, like our childhood dreams and stuff that we couldn't, that we can't make true. Like we can't be Hermione Granger. We can't be a superhero. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I feel like movies that are so, I guess you could say far-fetched with like fantasy or science fiction storylines, like why they make the most money is because like people really need an escape. And I do think that part of my escape is, part of my escape is acting and being able to be other characters um and uh, another part of my escape is just being able to watch those characters and and learn from them and learn from them in in my career and learn, like learn from them and how I can like how this actor is doing this role for acting but also just I love just watching a movie and not thinking about that too like it's great when I'm watching a movie and I'm thinking about how awesome somebody's performance is but it's also great when I can't see their performance because I'm too busy literally just Mm. watching the movie you know what I'm saying yeah that's interesting because when you're in that kind of industry like you know you might be thinking oh I wonder how they managed to do that but when you're completely lost in it that's pretty right that's when I know that it's a movie that I that's so just transformative like I feel like the last time that a movie that I saw that came out recently not a movie that I've seen that's like 20 years old but like Birdman. When I saw Birdman, I just remember literally being like, I don't know how they did that. And that makes me so 
happy. Like, there wasn't a thought while I was watching the movie, like, wow, Michael Keaton's performance is, like, so amazing in this. I wasn't even thinking about that because you you don't even see Michael Keaton. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's so funny when you can't um when you watch a really famous actor actor or actress and you're like I forgot it was them. Yeah, that's the most special thing. Yeah, and um, I was uh, watching something on YouTube the other day. It was uh, the actors on actors um oh, series. Oh my god, I binge watched a bunch of um. So you know how I think it's Hollywood Reporter how they have the roundtables. Oh my god, love they're that. so good. I love that, and and I think it was Steve Carell in one of them, in one of the actors on actors things was saying like he hates talking about processes because he just wants like he turned down apparently doing the DVD voiceover on the office to say like how everything was shot because he was oh, like wow. I don't enjoy that and I just want people to watch it and enjoy it and I thought that was really interesting. I do like that. Um, I was yeah, there was something I, Leonardo DiCaprio. I think he said it in a Rolling Stone profile. And they were asking him, like, questions about... And, of of course, it's, like, natural for us to be, like, curious about celebrities, like, love lives and whatever. But they were asking him questions about, like, like, does he go clubbing and stuff like that? And he's like, I think something really special that happened in the 60s and in the (laughs) 70s... Sorry, I'm just imagining Leonardo, like, dancing now. I'm just sitting there... Yeah, that's incredible. But um, he had an interesting answer that kind of made me think, like... He said something about how, like, in the 60s and the 70s, part of what made film so special, like, The Godfather and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and The Shining, is that you literally knew nothing about the people who were playing them. Yeah. Like, you just were watching the movies. Um, And I think, you know, you can have it both ways, obviously. There's some actors who are very public about their lives and also incredible and immersive in film, and you can't tell that it's them. But I just thought that what he was saying was pretty true, is, like, when you look at how different pop culture is then, like, they weren't really curious, you know what I'm saying? And now we're so obsessive about who's dating who and who's cheating on who. And, like, to be honest, I don't care what celebrity is cheating on what celebrity because that's none of my business (laughs) (laughs) no exactly and what's weird is when like in film interviews when they're like you can tell that the journalist is so desperate to um yeah be like so yeah yeah the film but anyway what about your divorce exactly what about your divorce and it's like no that's none of your yeah do you do you get asked any like annoying questions because um I saw on twitter zoe cousin yeah um, I love her tweets I love but, her but she she um said that I think it was after South by Southwest I think but she got asked mm-hmm. loads of questions about her like what she was wearing and blah 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 and she was like can you ask me about the camera we shot on or yeah like, she, I saw the, the script or yeah yeah and nobody nobody ever asked those questions like and I think it's different when you're when you're when you're sitting and you're having a profile on yourself, but when you're specifically going to a film festival like that to literally just promote your film, like that's your job is just to promote your film. Mm. And then everybody's asking you questions about who you're dating and what you're wearing and what did you think of this celebrity doing this and trying to get, you know, clickbait answers. I understand why some celebrities like, you know, go off sometimes. Cause it's like, why would you want to answer those questions when like you are promoting this film that you're being paid to promote? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, if you're so into films, as you would be if you're <laughs> acting, you want to talk yeah. about films. Like, that's your thing. Exactly, exactly. And, I, I mean, obviously female actresses, they just don't get asked about, like, the film that they're, like, doing. And it was interesting because I was watching one of the roundtables with um, Angelina Jolie, and it was the, it was the, it was, they were doing the 
directing like the round table of directors for I think it was the 2014 film season for the 2015 Oscars mm. and um Angelina had just sent Unbroken and I was watching it and it was interesting to me because they didn't really ask her a ton of questions about like the actual technical process of filming. Like she answered a little bit about like, you know, how it was like difficult to film where they were filming and la 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 and about the actors. But nobody really ever asks about or asks girls, I guess, especially about like the technicalities of like what they're filming like what yeah exactly like what camera did you film on did you film on film or did you Mm. did you like you know what I'm saying like a bunch of things that really play into what you're seeing when you see the end product like what was it like editing the film if you edited it like what was it like you know what I'm saying like all the technical technical things that I don't really feel like we touch on enough especially with female directors yeah yeah. it's like it's the bottom of the pile those questions it's like let's get through the other stuff first it's just yeah it's a real shame yeah Um, but oh my god I can't believe we've been talking for like 40 minutes I feel like I've been talking to you for like five minutes this is going so quickly um but I've just got one last question um what are you excited about at the moment um coming up Ooh. or you know this year yeah okay well this year I can feel it in my bones and also in my astrology but um that like it's gonna I don't know I just feel really good about 2016 but I guess what I'm really excited about is I'm really like I I mean obviously most of this conversation has been about film like that's where I want to be you know is more into film um but yeah I'm excited I guess about writing and stuff like that um and then there's uh, like you know other things that come along with writing and like just creating and I guess that's something that's really nice that I've been doing this year is that I realized that even if you are not like getting paid to do something like I don't get paid to make collages or anything like that but I just love doing them mm-hmm. yeah like, you can just like love doing things you can have um, something yeah like the on the side that you just exactly it helps like, you, you in so many more make. ways yeah exactly um but yeah I'm excited about stuff like that like just like being able to just do things and not feel like I'm like doing force being forced to do something you know yeah oh it sounds like it's so nice talking to someone who is enthusiastic about what they do. It's just, it's so infectious. Just, yeah. It's, like, it's, I love it's, what I do. And I, I love talking about, like, just getting excited about things. Exactly. Um, oh, but it's, it's just so, it's funny, isn't it? Like, the internet opens so many opportunities without even realising. Like, Seriously. Things just happen and it's like, oh, that's cool. Like, I've just, like, even was, this. Yeah. Even, like, just being like, hey, like, can do you want to come on my podcast or, like, yeah, you know, just things happen really quickly, and you just I get know. I just put stuff. together like um some kind like a like a I'm doing like I'm editing three pages of a magazine, and um I was just like reaching out to a bunch of people that I literally just know from the internet, just being like, hey, do you want to be a part of this? Like that's so cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's amazing. There's like no kind of big process to go through or exactly. anyone to like ask permission. It's just um you just get to create what you what you want to create. So exciting. Exactly. I was talking to um, the Rodarte sisters about this, Kate and Laura, and um, she was just like, uh, they were saying how they just wish it was like, like almost I, like the 70s and the 80s when literally creatives would just get together and create. And there wasn't like this middle ground of like, you know, a bunch of people getting into the middle and press and stuff mm. like that. Like it was just people creating for themselves, which I think is so nice is just to be able to like, it's great to be able to create for your audience too, but you don't really owe your audience anything you kind of just have to do things for yourself sometimes 
Yeah, so true. It's like sometimes I feel really selfish when I'm blogging because I'm like, this is just for me. Um, yeah. I just want to write this because I want to write this. And if you like it, cool. Yeah. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that because it's like, I definitely write for myself. I mean, there are things that I want people to take away from it. But at the end of the day, I'm writing because I need to write. Yeah. Um, and I was watching an interview, one of the roundtables again, and I think it was um, Al- uh, Alejandro, uh, uh, I-, I can't pronounce his last name, but the director of Birdman and the director of The Revenant. Oh, and, yes. Um, he he was, has a lovely beard. <laughs> Yes, yes. And I think it was him. I might be wrong about this, but I think it was him. And he was taught they were they they were asking, like, who do you make movies for? And I'm pretty sure he was the one who answered. He was like, well, if I'm going to be honest, like, I'm really making movies for myself. And it's great to be able to have the audience. But I'm making movies because I have to make movies, not because I I am doing it to, you know, to make money off of it or or for people like for an audience. It's great to have the audience. But I am I, at the end of the day, I'm doing it because I, I need to. Yeah. And I was like, I love that. Cause I really do feel that way about acting. And I feel that way about writing. And like, I feel like that's where award shows, well, they're great. It's great to receive recognition for what you do. It's also like, at the end of the day, these people should be like, I feel like it gets dangerous when actors are acting for awards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like the magic happens when you don't, when you don't really exactly. have like a massive agenda. Exactly. Like when you're literally just acting because that that is what you need to do at the end of the day like you can't survive without acting not because like you want to win an oscar you know what i'm saying yeah which is yeah. great like obviously receiving like i said like receiving recognition for your work is awesome but i don't think you should be doing it for that no it's like you should be maybe you would do, do it anyway i i would exactly just, like even if yeah. you had to just act on the weekends and like have a job another job it's like that's the people who kind of make it I think it's when you just have to carry on you can't stop wasn't it JK Rowling who was literally writing Harry Potter like on napkins when she was a waitress yeah and and she says that even if it wasn't like as successful as it has been that got her out of depression yeah yeah and I was I was watching an interview with Kate Winslet and she had booked Heavenly Creatures when she was like 17 or something and she was working as a waitress and she was just talking about because she loved it so much and she just remembers her first time being on a film set and just being like oh my god this is like home like this is where I need to be um it's so nice when people are just doing things because they really really love to um and yeah, I feel like that's where kind of sometimes we get lost when like, obviously, you know, movies make money and people who make movies make money, but it's nice when it's not always about that. It's and just not, about- Yeah, like, and not about like how many followers you have and- Right, exactly. And I feel like sometimes that can get lost with like studios and stuff like that is that they're not making movies like because they want to make good art. They're making it because you want to make $200 million. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, yeah. but it's, I mean, obviously you, it's, it's great to make money for the things that you love to do, but it's also nice when you just have to be able to do those things to survive in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and good to know the difference, I guess. Cause, um, like you say, loads of act, like loads of people have to do, um, the big stuff as well. Um, but it doesn't yeah. mean that they don't want to do the other smaller stuff. It's like when you see exactly. like Hollywood actors who are like in a big blockbuster and then they're like in a local theater play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, Look at Jennifer Lawrence. She did. Um, was it what's that movie called that that got her her first Oscar nomination? The the winter the something did, was a small movie, and then she went and did the Hunger Games. And you can tell that it's because she needs to act. And she answered, 
I was watching one of the roundtables that she was in, and she was like, I act because I need to. Um, it's great to have an audience, but I act because I need to. And I think Brie Larson answered the same thing. And I think Kate Blanchett chimed in on that. It was one of the roundtables. And I was just like, oh, that's so, like, like that's awesome that you just, like, are able. I think that's great. Yeah. That you can- yeah. yeah, no, it's so true. Oh, I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I need to go and binge on the round table thing, actually, because actually, I've only listened to one, I think. Um, yeah, they're really good. Um, there's one that Quentin Tarantino did when he, uh, it was, it was when he, I think it was for Django. And it was just, no, it wasn't for Django. It was for, I, I can't remember. But it, it was just great hearing him talk because he's so passionate about his work. And you can tell how much he literally just loves movies. Yeah. Well, I can I can hear it in you as well. It's like... Yeah, I do. I yeah. really do. Talk um, about ever. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome. I love it. I think it's it's so great to just have, like, a never-ending passion. Like, you can't oh, yeah. go wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, thank you, en- Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And, um, thank you so much. Have a good weekend. And um, good luck with everything. But I will I will speak to you again soon, I'm sure. Thank you. If you liked this episode, please remember to leave a review or a rating on iTunes. It would mean so much to me. Also, um, tweet me at girllostincity on Twitter. I'd love to hear your feedback. So thanks so much again for listening and make sure you tune in next week. Bye.